Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. My name is Jake Kerr and I am your host today for this 66th episode of the podcast. It is, however, my first day of being 29 years of age because I had my birthday yesterday, which, you know, uh, besides all the fucking gifts and having a day off work and spending time with loved ones and getting heaps of messages and phone calls from everyone, it was just such an interesting experience, you know? And I think the cool thing about birthdays is as you get older, it becomes less about all the things that I just spoke about and it becomes more about reflection. And I really feel like as I, and like this, you know, as with everything, you've got kind of like what you perceive getting older to be with all the experience you have with the people that you grew up around and kind of like how your parents entered into their, you know, older years as they progressed year at a time and then how the older people around you would speak about how like they felt about becoming older. And then also like just the friends that might be like between one and five years ahead of you and how they approached, you know, turning these ages that you knew was only, uh, you know, maybe a year or two away from you turning that age. So I feel like this whole process of getting older and kind of once you, you know, venture into this thing called adulthood, this whole like, and it's only an idea, there is no real definition of what adulthood is and when it starts and what, what it kind of entails and what it requires from you. But as you get further into it and as you kind of immerse yourself into this idea of not being a child anymore and being an adult, there's all these like indicators and all these like, well, indicators is probably the best word. All these things that you kind of like compare yourself to or you try and have some sort of, uh, what do you call it? Like um, you measure yourself up against it, you know? And I feel what I like, what I kind of took away from this whole realizing that I've only got a year left of being in my 20s and also the idea of like everything that I've kind of done in this past year and looking at the memories that I've had from when I turned 28 and obviously, you know, all the memories that you have just through being in your 20s sort of thing, I kind of, for the first time in my life, I'm kind of happy with what's going on. And I even put a post up on my personal Facebook account just saying like, hey, thanks to everyone who's a part of this. You know, I've got great friends, I've got great things happening in my life, I've got heaps of, uh, not potential, but I've got heaps of uh, opportunity in my life and I have my health and I have love and I have light and I'm super happy for all of this and I really meant it. And this came from a place of like realizing that I was 29 years old and for the first time in my life I've got something going on, like I've really got it going on. I'm not saying that in a braggy way, I'm saying that in a way where I kind of feel that Now I'm excited about the next year. I'm excited to see what I can achieve before 30. And this is all going up against the idea that I've I've been I've I've pretty much only been friends with people who are significantly older or younger than me. And when it comes to people that are older than me, I find that they all like I don't know, the ones who are I don't want to say the ones who are getting the results that I don't want. I don't want to say that. But the, the people who had these negative outlooks on getting older seem to always have this idea that like because they were older, they were, the, the opportunity of what they could achieve was getting smaller or maybe you know the fact that they didn't have this thing that they had in their youth or it's slowly kind of dispensing and dispersing into other areas as they get older. But I found that like as I kind of had the thoughts, you know maybe, it was like, maybe when I was like 25, 26, thinking about the idea of being 30, I remember I had this real like fear of like, fuck, what happens when I get to 30? And now I'm starting to understand like, and look, this might be from taking away little bits and pieces from what older people have said to me that I do, like I like where they're at and I like where they're headed. Maybe it's taking their advice and putting it into play for myself. But I feel really fucking excited about being 30 in a year's time. I feel like 
you know, when I break down why, I think it's because by the time I'm 30, I'll have something that's kind of validating to, that, that I can talk about and say like, here's what I did with Black Ink. Um, well, here's how it started. Here's how it progressed. And here's where it's at now. And here's what I'm excited for in the future. I mean, that's essentially where I'm sitting right now. I don't have anything really kind of like, like I don't have a big bank account where I can say, look what Black Ink did for me. But I do have this like, Black Ink is more just like this vehicle of maturing that I've found. So through growing Black Ink and going through the trials and tribulations of having a small business and also being in this ridiculous industry where everybody's trying to break into it in their own way and you really have to come up with something different. You have to match pretty much what the top of the market is doing and either try and keep up with them or, or, or apply the same strategies and things that they're doing. And then also like at the same time as all your business is growing, you have to grow with it. You have to mature with the business. And this falls directly into the hands of, you know, this is why people who win the lottery aren't millionaires years after they win the lotteries. Because if you don't know how to make $100 decisions, then you certainly don't know how to make $1,000 decisions or $10,000 decisions or $100,000 decisions or a million dollar decisions, right? So I think that there's something in this. I mean, and as you may or may not know, Black Ink has only really been revamped and back up and running now for the best part of about eight months or nine months. So I'm capping that to, in my mind mentally, I see it as like, yeah, I'll put about a year's, a year's worth of effort in. And yesterday I was kind of like just sitting back and, and looking at like, you know, here's a little thing I used to get it started. And when I had a little bit of success off that, I wrote off that and I built it a little bit more and I built it a little bit more. And then I got to a point where I had something I was proud of. And then I had a few little things happen where that got taken away from me a little bit. And I had to learn, I had to rebuild and I had to come back with more kind of like more heat and more like, um, what do you call it? Discipline and be able to really execute what I'm trying to do using what I've learned. And then actually pulling that off, taking all this shit that I learned, all the experience that I got and coming up with new ideas, applying them, executing them really well and getting a result and then having that little win turn into a little bit bigger win, you know? And I've had that kind of just slowly tracking up. And of course, you know, there's there's decisions that you make that lose your money, that it might be kind of labeled as a failure in the eyes of someone else who isn't in the midst of it. But the reality is this whole building process, sure, it's been about building black ink, but man, it's been building about this character, Jack, uh, sorry, it's about building this character, Jake Kerr, that I'm embody, embodying in this whole experience of being a human. And coming into 29, I can't help but feel like so fucking excited that I think one big thing as you get older, you realize that your health is not guaranteed and you realize that like the kind of opportunity and the ability that you have isn't always guaranteed. And, and you see that with minorities, you see that with other countries, you see that with people who have the exact same living situation as you, but don't have the same accessibility to things based off perhaps their experience or who they are, the color of their skin, their gender or their beliefs. So as I get older, I can't help but like I, I I've always felt this in a particular way, but I think I understand why I feel this better the older that I get. But I feel so incredibly lucky. The positioning of where I am in the world geographically, you know, the timing of everything, the fact that I was born in 92 and I'm able to like see the whole rise of the fucking digital age and, you know, having the memories of like literally being a teenager and not having a phone on me, you know? And also being a 20 something year old and completely understanding the immersive nature of what social media is and being able to harness it and fucking uh, leverage it in a way that I can not only build a business off it, but hopefully in the future, 
build a ridiculous income off it. So the fact that like not only was I born at the right time to experience life without all this, but also young enough when it was implemented that I can use it to my ability, it's fucking crazy. And now I'm 29, I took a, an idea that was already kind of working and I let it kind of lay dormant for four years, revamped it, and now it's turned into this thing that is now big enough for you to be watching the Black Ink podcast. I can't help but fucking smile. You know, I Riz got me this beautiful Citizen Eco Drive watch, which, look, if you know anything about me, I've collected Citizen Eco Drive's watch my entire life. I'm down to two that are left like fully functional and working and that I would actually want to wear. And one of those kind of shit the tin about a month ago, I didn't even ask for this specific watch. I realistically, I mean, I mean, Larissa supports me so much with black ink. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not in any position to be asking for anything. So the idea of getting a watch for my birthday on top of other gifts was fucking melting my absolute mind. And on top of that, of course, she secures a fucking black on black with silver hands, which is just perfect you know i can wear this every day with whatever i'm wearing and then if we're going out on a saturday night dressed up in a suit or whatever this watch still suits so you know getting something like that cool and that amazing it's like i'm so grateful for something like that but when i compare that to the idea of just how purely fucking lucky i am that not only did i live to see uh, 29 years of age but i have all of this around me. I have the family that I was given. I have the friends that I've been given. I've even got the fucking enemies that I've been given that have taught me the lessons to be able to propel all of this shit forward and not make the same mistakes twice. Dude, how the fuck do you get that lucky? It makes me believe that this is a simulation because I just don't understand that so many things can line up at once. But look, with that said, I don't put everything down to luck. I believe the harder that you work, the more luckier that you get. And you have to work extremely hard to get a little bit of luck. And I do exactly that. You know what I mean? I think there's a certain amount of like, no one wants to hear, hear me sit here and go like, oh, well, I fucking, I did all of this. I deserve all the fucking thing that come in the future. If blacking turns to be a multi-billion dollar business, of course it does because I did that. I think like, firstly, no one wants to hear that. And secondly, that's not healthy for me to think anyway. But what I do appreciate, what I do understand is there are certain undeniable formulas that have worked on a mass scale for a lot of people that you can apply to yourself and get the same results. And I think like, this is a thing I talk about like drinking water and even praying and eating the right food, exercising. I talk about all this shit all the time as if it's some sort of secret code. And the reason that it is a secret code is because most people are forgetting that they're not the odd one out, that they are as human as the humans that surround them in their life. And that if those people are drinking two liters of water a day and getting brilliant results, then perhaps that would work for them. You know, it's like I was talking to a bloke yesterday who has recently in the past three months gone from drinking, I, I would guess between, you know, like probably two, three, four bottles of spirits a week and probably two cartons a week um, down to nothing, you know, and it was amazing to see this man who I've known for years and years and years and looking at him, there was a physical difference in his face. There was a, there was a difference in the conversation that we were having. There was a difference in his demeanor, his character, the whole thing. And it was amazing. Like I had a moment where I'm like, oh, of course, you're this, you're this amazing person, you know, like everyone is amazing. This is the thing we, we fail to remember, but you're this amazing person who I've only ever met under the influence of alcohol. And for the longest time, he probably thought about himself. Well, I'm someone who drinks alcohol. I'm someone who drinks this amount. So I'm just going to continue identifying through that thought by doing the practice. And then all of a sudden, by stopping drinking, you can see that this man's life has changed. You can understand that he perceives things differently. He sees times of the day differently. Rather than five o'clock being the time he starts drinking, it's just now the time that he finishes work and goes home and goes to his family. 
you know, and instead of waking up in the morning and struggling for, through that first bit or snoozing the alarm, whatever it is. And by the way, if you're listening to this one, man, obviously I'm I'm not talking about specifically about the experiences you're having in life. I'm making up analogies as we go. But instead of, you know, snoozing the alarm four times because you've got that kind of trained in habitual hangover that you don't really see as a hangover anymore, but your body still goes through the process. Instead of having that, you now see the morning as a time that the sun comes up, you know. And I think that, Maybe I know what things look like from the outside when they're doing really well. When I see someone that I know, whether it's personally or just you know through association, whatever it might be, when I see someone I know doing something really cool, it's easy for me to go like, oh, well, they just got that given to them. Or if they're having success in something that they're trying that I think, oh, well, they just got lucky. It's easy to think that. And even someone who knows the value of hard work and persistence and discipline and all the rest, I still see that and I still automatically sh- assume that that person had some sort of hand at it or, or it was given to them. A lot of the times though, they're just following the same formula that worked for other people, right? They're just repeating the thing that they've seen success in other people, applying it to themselves and getting the success in turn. And sometimes I forget that what I look like to me and how I feel about this whole Black Ink project and the podcast and all the rest, you know, obviously to me, it's something that's like one, an extremely intimate kind of uh, line that I'm always dancing on with how much information I want to share or how risky I want to be or whatever I want to do. But I forget that from the audience's point of view, that from your point of view, I'm the guy who is just confidently talking to you right now. It seems to be that I sat down, came up with a whole bunch of ideas, and now I'm just fucking delivering them to you. You might talk about them to your friends and your friends might agree. And therefore that validates what I'm saying a little bit more and justifies my character a little bit more in your mind. But the reality is, is I'm no different to you. All, the only difference between you and me is I've recorded 65 podcasts before this and now I've got enough confidence that I'm speaking off the bat. Does that make sense? And I think the thing that I really like am so stoked about with this birthday that I've just had is finally I feel like the guy in my mind who's successful, I feel like him. I don't feel exactly like him, but I feel like I'm on the same path that he was on. And the future successful version of Jake that I envision every single fucking day, he becomes more real. The millionaire 30-year-old Jake Kerr that I literally see in my mind every day before I start my day, I now start to relate to that guy. And it's through that relativity that I can, no, not relativity, it's through that relationship that I'm going to be able to attain that status. I'm going to be able to attain being that character, that Jake Kerr. And I think the fucking really sad part about all of this is, as I say it, the reality is, even as I say this, it might be motivational or inspirational to a certain sense, but at the same time, there is still a nagging voice at the back of your head that if I was me watching this in another life, I would feel like, yeah, well, that's very good. But I mean, look, you've got a face for being on podcasts. You know, obviously, you know how to communicate really well. You've got a dichotomy of words that fucking goes beyond my, my knowledge. And you just seem like you, you were fucking made to do this. And I completely un- I understand that. I get that. And I had all those doubts. I had all those voices. I know those voices because I still remember them in my mind and I still hear them on occasion. But through the power of discipline and through the power of setting rules for yourself and just goddamn following them every day, I've got myself to a point where I can be proud of the work that I've done and I can start to see a realistic future where I can continue being more proud because I can continue to get more success. Turning 29 has been a beautiful experience and it's made me enthusiastic for 30 because I know if I keep doing the thing that I'm doing, that I'm going to achieve the results. I'm actually going to achieve beyond the results that I thought were attainable, right? My goal for this year was to create a thousand garments for people to be wearing for black ink. And whether it made a dollar per garment or $50 per garment, I didn't care. The goal was just to get a thousand garments out there because I knew if I could do that, then 
I could definitely work with what I've got and create something greater. Now, I didn't come anywhere close to making a thousand garments, but the thing that I got instead so oversteps that fucking goal, it's crazy. If I just use that goal as some sort of direction that I want to head and then kind of focus on the things that that, that heading that direction served me and let me get in return, it's so fucking exponentially more that I cannot even fathom that it's happening. I cannot. I cannot. I sit in a room right now with a camera pointed at me with a beautiful set behind me that I built myself, that I created myself. In front of me, I've got workbenches. I've got my screen printer. I've got my heat press. I've got racks that I found on the side of the road. I've got more than enough room to expand and continue growing this business. And it all came from that idea of let's just make a thousand tops. At any cost, whatever you've got to do to make it happen, just do it. And dude, don't think that I'm bragging right now. I'm not saying how, my, how good my fucking life is. What I'm doing right now is using my life as an example and giving you, I'm observing and reporting the emotions that I'm feeling at the end of the day, the day being my 28th year of living and telling you how excited I am about the next day, the 29th year of living and how this can be applicable to you. How can it be applicable to every human? Because I, to begin with, am a human. How amazing. But I'll tell you what, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit about yesterday I wanted to start the day with sitting down with a mentor of mine because I found that every time I sit down with a mentor, I really, I walk away feeling like heavier with information. Sometimes I go home and actually just dot point all the shit that kind of had any sort of like value or like importance in my mind just so I don't forget it because like an app, an hour worth of talking with a mentor leaves me so overwhelmed with like, not only like excitement to move forward and like a kind of productivity as far as like being able to apply these things that maybe we're just like floating ideas around. It's like most of the time when I sit down with a mentor, it connects these ideas together. It gives them purpose. It gives them meaning and it gives me a direction to go home and use them. So I was like, fuck man, it's going to be my birthday. One of my favorite people to sit down with Ryan Young. When I was, I messaged him like a week ago, I was like, bro, can we sit down nine o'clock Wednesday morning? I just, you know, just for a fucking coffee as we do and, and see how we go. And man, Again, what a fucking powerful way to start your birthday. It was just one of those like, it, it, I mean, it's the crazy thing about like, especially specifically sitting down with Ryan, it, um, which if you don't know, he owns uh, World Gym in Bunbury and World Gym in Mandra. He's a part owner in Brooklyn 32, which is a new bar here in town. He's been in the um, automotive paint and panel industry for, for forever and a day here in Bunbury for as long as he's been kind of in, in his working career, I believe so. I think he mentioned something like, you know, 14, 15 years. I might be wrong. I don't know. We, we talk more about business than we do about the fucking exact numbers of what, how, how long businesses were owned. But the thing I like about sitting down with Ryan is we never have any purpose when we sit down and we never have any like, obviously, as far as I see it, like it's fucking master and, and student, you know what I mean? So I, I try to make sure that if I have any relevant questions or if I'm having any kind of difficulties or struggles that I sit down with him and I make sure that I start with those so we can at least get them addressed and out of the way. So, you know, it's like, obviously, if you have a question and someone can answer the question for you and that person is the person most likely to answer the question and you're sitting down with them, make sure you're prepared to ask that question. But a lot of the time, I don't have particular struggles or I don't have like specific questions that I want to ask. We just sit down and we start talking and we talk and talk and talk. And all of a sudden, instead of being an hour, it's been two hours and 15 minutes and he's missed 15 phone calls and has to go that second. You know what I mean? It's like one of those situations where I think there's something about 
Okay, let me give you another example and we're gonna whip, whip back around to this, okay? So I spoke a little bit about this District 32 or I called it D32 in the, in the last podcast, this meeting where you meet with other small business owners for breakfast and coffee every two weeks for about two hours at the lighthouse in Bunbury uh, in the geograph room as it turns out, which has a beautiful view of the, uh, the ocean here in Bunbury. And I went there on Tuesday morning, it was 7.30 till 9.30, and I was anticipating about 20 to 30 people there, right? Because that's how many I got told. Now, to give you some backstory about this, I've just finished the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, like many business books and many kind of um, entrepreneurship books and many motivational books, uh, stresses the fact that like you can be as good as you want, you can follow as many strategies as you want, you can put all your eggs in the right basket, but you're going to super, like, you're going to boost yourself by being around the right people and having a circle of people around you that are in similar interests or similar fields and can help you with their experience and you can help them with your experience. And when I say similar interests or similar fields, I don't mean like other people who print shirts. It's just as simple as other people who are in any sort of way, a business owner, entrepreneur, someone who's uh, maybe consultancy work or they're, you know, whatever it might be. And then you can actually categorize within that and go like, right, Sometimes like part of my, and like this is called like a mastermind group or a mentor ring sort of thing. So it's like basically a group of people in your life that you refer to um, as kind of points of, uh, as people of interest and people who can help you in your endeavor towards whatever you're trying to do, whether it's be a millionaire, be a better partner, whatever it might be. And this is not business specific. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a ring of mentors in your life that are just helping you be a better person. People that you know put you know concentrated efforts into being able to communicate well, having meaningful relationships with their partners and their friends. They are good workers at whatever they do, whatever that might be. There's no harm in having people in your life that you believe are really good in these fields that you talk to about those particular things and you take things away from. That's all about being getting the most out of the experience of being a fucking human, is it not? It's like, hey, if this person seems to be really good at managing their anger and I'm not good at managing my anger, there is nothing wrong with taking that person out for coffee and saying like, hey man, I'm finding that I get angry every day and when I get angry, my fucking, I punch walls, my dick gets hard, my face gets all red and I don't know what to do. What, what do you think I should do? Because you probably find that that person has been through that experience, relates to that, and can give you some sort of repercussion or tools or exercises that you can do when you're in that situation. And maybe it won't be successful 100%, but you might be doing 50% better off than what you were before. So anyway, getting back to it, I read this book. It stresses about having these, these leadership teams, these mentor groups, these mastermind kind of arenas or facilities. So the first thing I do is I jump on Google and I say, small business seminar Bunbury. And nothing comes up. And I scroll and I scroll and I scroll. And then it gets to the events section. And I, I see this D32 uh, event. And I'm like, fucking cool. That's that mining company, you know? You know, South 32. Yeah. Hear the, the name difference? South and District. It's not the mining company. Didn't realize, realize that until way later on. All good. Anyway, so they say like, look, this, this might be for you. Take our quiz sort of thing. And at that point, I really didn't understand what it was. Okay, like I didn't understand what was going on. I may have even spoke about this in the last podcast. If I did, I apologize. And I also don't care. So I follow through the fucking little quiz that they do. It books in a, uh, a Zoom call. I did talk about this because I spoke about fucking bald Irish Dean, which Dean, if you're watching this, again, I'm not teasing you. He's bald and Irish, you know what I mean? Anyway, so we go into the fucking... We have a little Zoom meeting. I get all excited about going there on, on Tuesday. And the whole reason that I'm there is I just wanted to be around other small business owners in that 
not necessarily looking to develop that mastermind group or even looking for mentors, but just being in a place of discussion where people are essentially talking and thinking about the same things. And this is what I go to with Ryan, is that when we have conversations, the things that we don't talk about is people. We don't talk about our personal life. We don't talk about cars. We don't talk about motorbikes. We don't talk about engines. We, we, you know, we, we don't talk about any of the bullshit that you seem to talk about with your mates, you know? And just to be very clear, like, Ryan is a friend to me. I put him very high up in in the category of like, obviously, obviously a mentor, but I put him very high up as far as being a friend because at the end of the day, I ask him a question and he answers, right? I ask to have coffee with him and he says yes or no. You know, like it's very simple transactional backwards and forwards that I also, I mean, it's crazy to think that I expect that my friends would answer messages when I text them or they would call me back when I call them and they decide not to answer when you know that they're on their phone, okay? Ryan has always answered in a way that it's like, oh, this person isn't just a mentor. This person genuinely cares about me. And even though he doesn't know, he probably doesn't know my partner's name off the top of his head. He doesn't know my dog's name. But at the end of the day, this man will probably help me become a millionaire. You know, he sees what I'm doing with my business and my life. And he's going like, fuck yeah. Here's absolutely any resource that I can give you. Here's any piece of information that I've got accessible in my brain right now. I've got this time and this software and this stuff that I can help you in the future. Let's organize to do that. But the main thing that I find with Ryan is that the simple fact that he doesn't talk about that bullshit that to me is wasting time. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy to talk about F250s for an hour and a half with you, but I realistically know at the end of that hour and a half, the thing that I feel inside myself is I could have been thinking about Black Hink and solving the next problem. I could have been propagating or propelling my business to the next level by not wasting time talking about something that it's not that it doesn't make me money or it doesn't fulfill me or all the rest, but it's just fucking pointless, okay? Like it is. And realistically, when you take that attitude, most things in life that people talk about are completely fucking pointless, right? Being in this situation with these small business owners, they know as well as I do that there isn't time to talk about the car that you drove here in. There isn't time to talk about the shit that's going on in your personal life. We have two hours to do as much fucking information, share and sex that we can have so that we can walk away with as much value as possible. And the thing that I realized, like going into this room, it's very, you know, as I said, it's a two hour thing. It's 7.30 in the morning. So everyone's kind of like, you know, 7.30 in the morning on a Tuesday-ish. And the thing that I first felt when I walked into the room, it's like, oh, this is very seminar conferency with the fucking, you know, with the tables laid out and the speaker up the front and the banners where they tell you some bullshit they want you to know. But I realized really quickly within like half an hour of being there that the key difference between this room and other rooms have the similar layout with people in there. They're not quite sure if they're meant to be there or not. They, they feel like they wore the wrong thing or maybe they didn't bring a business card or a pen with them, whatever it was. These people all wanted to be there. Everyone wanted to be there as much as the person teaching the class. Everyone wanted to be there as much as the person sitting next to them. And that, combined with the fact that they're all small business owners or large business owners, whatever it might be, the fact that they're, you have that environment, the ideas and the information that comes out of that situation, there was only seven people there. I think I forgot to say that. I was expecting you know, 30, 40 people. There was only seven people there. And I walked away with like two, three things that I could implement in my, into my business straight away. And I'd like an idea for my business that was so blatantly obvious. It wasn't even suggested to me as an idea. It was like used as an example in reference to me. And I was like, holy fuck, why have I not thought of that? You know, And as simple as creating a one to three minute video for YouTube 
about caring for your black ink shirts, how to best wash them, how to best look after them, whether to hang them or fold them, or how to maintain the black and the black t-shirts, or what happens if the print's coming off, what to expect after 20 washes, all of those sorts of things. And I was like, oh, what a fucking course. Why have I not thought about this beforehand? Of course you can give that follow-up information to your customers for free and also get views off YouTube. Absolutely fucking brilliant. But of course, that comes from like being around other people who are not necessarily thinking about your business specifically, but they're in the mindset of thinking about business in general. They know that all business falls under a few simple categories, you know, product, marketing, da-da-da-da-da, and that's the categories that they're thinking in. And that's the thing that I get from Ryan as well. That's what I get from all of my mentors when I sit down, is that you start the conversation by saying like, oh, fucking had this in my business the other day. And then that turns into this conversation, that conversation, so on and so forth. And then an hour later, the only thing that is consistent about the whole thing is you've been talking about business. You've talked about so many different things that it's, it's just enriched you. You know what I mean? It's given you like a fucking free ticket of just like, hey, you can either do a year's worth of experience and walk away with a whole bunch of lessons or this dude here with 14 years experience in business in general, whether it be fucking panel beating, bloody being a porn star or selling t-shirts, he has still been in business and here's all the mistakes he's made to you for free. And man, man, what a way to start a birthday. What a fucking awesome first experience with D32 and how lucky am I to have a mentor like that and now a growing group of mentors because of this District 32 seminar, which, as I said, is every two weeks. So, yeah, look. Interesting, interesting, fucking lucky, amazing, turning 29, having mentors, the whole lot. I think one thing that's really key there is that whole structure of like what I'm talking about, having mentors and that, I think it's really easy to overlook that and think that it's not that important. But this is the same conversation as you are literally an average of the five people you hang out with the most. So essentially like, it's hard to understand that, but the easiest example I always come up with is I always smoke cigarettes when I'm hanging out with people smoking cigarettes. If I hang out with people who don't smoke cigarettes, I don't smoke them. It's as simple as that. And when you play that, like continue that on, replace the words with something else. When I'm around people who swear all the time, I swear. When I'm around people at my job who don't like their job, I don't like my job. And when I'm around people who, you know, maybe they hang shit on their missus behind their missus back. I'm not saying that that's what I do, but I start to feel like I agree with them. Like, oh yeah, your missus is a bad person because you're only seeing their side of the story. You're, you know, you're there. People defend what they're trying to say by only bringing up the points that's valid to the story. And then you find yourself being like, yeah, your missus does sound like a bit of a cunt. You know, like I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, you might have to do that. But the thing is, if you pull those people out of your life, right? If you stop hanging out with a person who's scared to turn 30 or you stop hanging out with a person who every customer they have is a fuckhead or stop hanging out with a person who smokes all the time, start hanging out with people who want to talk about excelling your business. Start hanging out with people who talk about the success that they've had. Start hanging out with people who just simply want more out of life and all of a sudden, look what happens. You're trying to propel your business into new heights. You're starting to Imagine yourself as a version of yourself you never thought was possible. And that's the fucking secret source. Like, I like to believe that if all of this bullshit, if this whole human experience is a simulation, then within every simulation, there is always cheat codes. There is always shortcuts. There is always a way to maximize or biohack whatever you're trying to do. And I feel like one of those is the simple act of being around people that you want to be like. 
the act of being around people you want to be like, right? And it's kind of like, this is the same as like, you, sometimes it's hard to see the, a cheat or a hack in this situation as a cheat or a hack because it feels like it's something so organically something else that you go like, well, it possibly couldn't be that. One, an example of this was I started waking up, like I set the rule of just like, right, whatever I do, whatever work I get done, whatever it might be, doesn't matter. I'm going to wake up at 3.30 every day, right? And on my days off, my sleeping is going to be four or five o'clock, right? What I, re- what I realized from this is every day, before anyone else has started their day, I've got three hours on them. Three hours, three hours that I just got for free. Consequently, I get tired early, uh, earlier in the day and I end up going to bed at eight or 8.30. Sometimes I have a sleep in the afternoon for a couple hours, whatever it might be. But I get those hours for free, uninterrupted. I can do whatever I want. Shit, I can go out on the couch and just go back to sleep. I can get on Instagram. I can engage with fucking 150, 200 profiles before they even have a chance to respond. I can upload something onto my social media before people are even awake. I can pray for half an hour if I want to just to fucking figure out what the fuck is going on in my life currently if I really need that. I can go read my book. I can go take a shit for half an hour, whatever you want. And you go like, oh, so you woke up earlier and realized that other people... Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. That's a cheat. That's a cheat code. You get that for free. And all you have to do is have a little bit of discipline and wake up at 3.30 every day. That's simple, you know? And like, we're at the point now where the the reality of like, I'll use the example of drinking water. You simply drink water, like two liters, three liters. We're coming into the hotter, hotter months now. So say you drink three liters of water every day, just make that a fucking requisite, right? Don't worry about stopping drinking as much alcohol or not smoking as much weed or whatever you want. Just drink three liters of water it's a cheat code. You know what happens? You feel good. Your emotions are steady. You don't find yourself irritable for no reason. You're finding yourself tying in other jobs to the habit of having to get up and go and take a piss. And also at the same time, you're not getting upset because you have to piss so much because you're hydrated. So you're not irritable. You know, interesting how it all kind of ties in. And then obviously that's the basic end of the cheat codes that you can apply to this life. When you start looking at the complex ends of what those cheat codes are, things like being around successful people and putting what you learn into your life, applying that and then having success so much quicker than what you thought it could be. Or even the idea that you can change the whole way that you view your your perspective, your life, your reality based off like, just having an agreement with yourself that you're not happy with the way things are. You know, like I I remember having a part of my life where I was like, my baseline emotion is anger and then everything is built up off that. And having a realization that like that baseline of anger is not who I am. It is a decision that I make every day. And it's a decision that gets harder to turn back from the longer that I employ it as a part of my character. So in making the decision that I am not an angry person, that I am in fact just a person, not even a person with an emotion that's better than anger, but I am just a person who is applying this to my character on a daily basis. And that means that I can apply something else to my character. That means that if it took me six months to become this much of a fucking asshole because my baseline emotion has been being angry, then I'm only six months away from being a happy person. Then I'm only six months away from being fill in the blank. And that is your decision. That decision is a hack. That's a cheat. You can do that at any point. You can look around at what you're doing right now and decide, I don't like this. I want to change. And then you can just go and change. Just because it's been happening like that forever or maybe your entire life or maybe your entire family's history has been doing some particular action or thing doesn't mean that it's for you. You can actually just change that. 
hell, look, I decided to fucking stop working for other people and work for myself. I did it. I kept on doing it until it became a thing. And now I'm balls deep in being my own boss. How interesting. Seems like a cheat, doesn't it? But fuck me. What do I know? What do I know? I got some interesting gifts this birthday, though. I got my uh, little fucking... Is it funny? Riz got this for me for my birthday. And like, obviously, Riz made me open all my presents in order, as you do. So you start with a kind of, you know, whatever presents and work your way up to the really cool presents. And, uh, you know, she got me some stuff from from Target that I picked out myself. Some, um, you know, just some shorts that you wear around the house and some running shorts because I really need them. And uh, so she made me open them first because I was like, oh, yeah, obviously, I know what these are. And then uh, she made me open up the, the second thing, which was 12 packs of underwear. Which is funny because in my last podcast, which was the day before my birthday, I actually said, if you want to get me anything, because apparently I'm one of those people who are hard to buy for, just get me underwear. Because one thing's for sure, I burn through underwear because I've just got a fucking blowout back end that, dude, it's stupid. I got like an S bend, you know what I mean? I get a little bit of a tummy. You got the tummy on the front and the fucking blowout ass on the back. And then as it turns out, Riz got me 12 pairs of underwear so I can officially throw out all the old underwear. You know, he just... You, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I just like let myself struggle with old pairs of underwear and socks just forever because I'm like, ah, you know, like, you know, who buys new underwear? You know, it seems like a bit of a cuck move in my mind. So she got me like twelve pairs of fucking, you know, those alpha kind of stretchy but also not too stretchy underwear. So I'm just like a pig in shit at the moment with underwear. They're all cool color. They're either all black or cool colors, and I'm just like, this is fucking awesome. And then obviously go on to fucking open this thing, which she found out red dot. Now, if you can't see this, this is a gnome smoking a bong, right? Like a fucking bong with his mate with a bag of chips. And she's like, oh, you know, this is this is you and I sort of thing, because allegedly, you know, everyone knows this podcast is just for entertainment purposes. And I make all of this up as I'm going along. And obviously none of this is real, but allegedly your boy smokes the marijuana, okay? He smokes that fucking sticky icky. He gets that Tahitian spice blend and he fucking elevates himself to another reality, brother. Apparently, that's me. So, oh yeah, and she's always stealing my bags of chips. So she fucking gets this from Red Dot and obviously like, dude, you think this is maybe a competitor for going up against the watch for best present? Of fucking course it's not. This is heaps cooler. (laughs) But... No, seriously, I couldn't believe it when I opened this because just like, this is the sort of thing like as a stoner, you kind of like, dude, look, i got the little fucking, the little man who's smoking the peace pipe. You've got the little bear who's smoking a billy. Obviously, homeboy here has got his fucking, this is some sort of, I'm going to guess. And let's have a closer look at this. I don't know. How's it stuck in there? There we go. I mean, like, what, what does that look like to you? you got a little fucking cone piece in the end there. We've got some pretty things going on here. And then obviously, like, that's where you'd be pulling the, the mad hits from, you know, like that. So, you know, I love collecting this sorts of these sorts of things, and I got you know got the little pipe and whatnot. I, I think they're cool as fuck. And when she said she got this from Red Dot, I'm like, hey man, what's wrong with society? You know what I mean? What's wrong with society? Either everyone has to believe that marijuana is illegal and does you know ir- irreversible damage to the human body, or we all just have to get the fuck over it and admit it. There's nothing wrong with it, and it should just be free and legal for everyone, you know? And I don't mean free to buy. I mean, you should be able to freely fucking hold marijuana and not go to jail for having a plant that doesn't do any damage, never has any recorded deaths, never and never had anyone overdose on it. Yeah, it seems kind of bizarre that it's outlawed. Anyway, not going to get into that conversation because obviously, you know, right? But yeah, she got me this. 
I got a fucking a Snoop Dogg cookbook from uh, from my old man and uh, and Lexi, which is his partner. It was fucking cool and like heaps of chocolate, heaps of licorice. Apparently this year everyone found out that I like licorice because I just got dude. If it isn't licorice, it's something with licorice in it. It's like fucking all right, dude. I get it. You want my farts to stink, and if you want that out of me, bro, who am I to say no? So. I got heaps of licorice. I got the fucking Snoop Dogg cookbook. I got my gnomes. I got my fucking absolutely killer watch. I'm just so stoked with this. Look at that. Like fucking black face, black band on the back. It's nice and sleek as well because everyone knows your boy's got some petite wrists on him, okay? They might be covered in tattoos, bro, but these things are so thin. This fucking... Dude, if I punch someone, it'd probably just like collapse my hand and my wrist would go through their face because this thing is fucking... Dude... She's, she's, she's fragile. You know what I mean? I got like the, you know, when Connor was pulling the piss out of, uh, Floyd for having brittle hands. Yeah. Well, I got brittle wrists. Okay. Terrible accent. All good. I should get Dean to do it because he's Irish, but I, uh, we go to the, and like, this is the thing. Riz is, Riz is fucking dude. She's, she's like four parts fucking, uh, like, what, what am I trying to say here? She's, she's, what's like the female version of a wizard? You know what I mean? She's four parts female version of a wizard. She just, she, she, she got my back, you know? And like, as I, as I mentioned on the podcast, as I mentioned on this podcast, she supports me so much with, with Black Ink. And you know, your boy doesn't have heaps of money heading into his 29th birthday. He probably can't afford a coffee at the moment. It's not important. And Riz is just like, look, I want you to pretend everything today is for free. I want you to go and just have fun, do whatever you want. And of course, I'm a good guy, you know? I can't just go and get multiple massages and get fucking hand jobs from street. Anyway, you know, so I was like, let's just get some McDonald's for breakfast. You know, we get a coffee. I got a big brekkie burger because I'm a big boy, six, four, 90 kilos of pure fucking. Anyway, then lunch, we did something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got like, you know, Vietnamese bakery lunch, got a, got a chicken garlic wrap and then for dinner got Chinese. But I did dip my toe in the pretending like everything's free in one in one store, all right? So we go into the fucking Collins bookstore. And dude, being in a bookstore is fucking... I can't believe like at 29, I was like, dude, the only thing that I want that I didn't get today is maybe a new book. And then when I went into the bookstore, it's like, I got Bezonomics. You know what I mean? It's like literally the story about Jeff Bezos and how they use their particular... I, I mean, I don't know what it's about. I've only read the first chapter, you know, introduction, the first chapter, not bragging about how much I read, it's all good, but I, um, you know, it's about like the kind of, well, they're calling it like the AI flywheel of like how he's pretty much implemented all this kind of technological advancements that we've had at the same time he was developing Amazon and how it's like allowed him to become like an undisputed competitor in the online retail finance and everything space. So just super exciting to like get home and want to read that book and yeah yeah it's just it was cool it was cool it was cool actually the the cooler thing about everything else is like the day that Riz put together for me it's fucking it makes my heart smile you know what I mean like she said you know, make sure you don't open any presents because of course I still woke up at 3.30 and did all my posting and all the bullshit yesterday so she's like make sure you don't even look at your presents before I'm awake sort of thing and then she ended up just kind of being awake before I was finished and brought the dog out and put her on my lap and then went and got all the presents and laid them all out. And we had like a big kind of, not big, but just, you know, me, her and the dog just hanging out, opening presents. And it was just fucking beautiful. I'm like spending the day together. And I think that's one thing that you kind of overlook. Like I feel one thing that I've learned reflecting on, on, you know, being 29 is one really big thing I've, big thing I've learned is the thing that you do when you're young is the thing that you do when you're old. And if you spend your 20s and your 30s and your 40s trying to make enough money so you can relax in your 50s, 60s and 70s, 
you're gonna have an awful surprise on your 50th birthday. You're gonna realize that you know how to do one thing and that's, well, two things, it's work and make money. That's it, work and make money. And you can see these men and women who try to have family lives or try and have meaningful connections and relationships with their family and have no idea where to start. They actually don't even know their family members because they've been so busy building a life for them or so busy creating money so that they can have a comfortable family environment and all the rest. And I think the cool thing about yesterday and and like this comes back to living in a caravan with Riz is like, it's not even down to doing cool activities together. It's just about being together. It's just about spending time together where it's like she is within either eyesight or arm's reach at all time. And if I'm going to go do something, it's like, yeah, come with me. Or if you're going to go do something, I'll come with you. And the fact that like she took the day off and the day of my birthday birthday off so that she could be with me, so we could spend time together, so we could spend time with Louie and have that. And I think that that's valuable right now, but that becomes like so much more exponentially valuable the older that you get is that ability to like, obviously for me, there was not doing any work yesterday, making sure that, you know, you got to do the posting and that, that's just maintenance, you know what I mean? But not doing any real kind of physical work or spending any time at my laptop or my computer. And then being able to spend that time with Riz, having, you know, meals together and also being able to accept that those charitable offers where she's like, you know, everything's for free, it's for you sort of thing. And not just being the person that goes, no, 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 all the time that goes, yeah, let's go get coffee, let's go get food, let's enjoy ourselves. Hey, I'd love to have this book. Can I have this book? You know, so it was just like when I wrote that post last night on Facebook about feeling lucky and how I like, you know, thanking everyone for being a part of the story so far, like I felt full, you know, I felt excited. Like if this is the end of 28 and the start of 29, this is fucking epic. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck more could you want? And the thing that I ended that post with is I've never had less money than what I do right now, but somehow I feel richer than I've ever felt. And man, does that, does that not wrap it up absolutely fucking perfectly? I think it does. My name's Jake. This is Black Ink Podcast, episode number 66, and I'm fucking out. Yo!